0: Bye. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode 34 of Queer Alien Blast. Uh, We have no Mick today, we are joined by Katie because we can never have the three of us together anymore. Apparently life has gotten a little bit chaotic. So um, thanks to everyone that keeps stepping in to help us out. Today we're gonna be talking about episode seven of season three, um, which is an episode that confused me from beginning to end. So there's gonna be a lot of me asking questions to these people because I still don't know what I watched. we're going to kind of, it's a chaotic episode. There's really no way to to talk about this in a way that makes sense. Um, So we're going to sort of start off with Mr. Jones and Maria, um, because he was really kind of the focus of the episode. Um, Do I know what's happening? No, but I know that he was the focus. So that's where we're going to start. I do, I don't, something about Mr. Jones and Maria's dynamic I really like. I don't know. I don't know if it's, Because she's like a badass bitch and he's kind of a badass bitch I don't know what's going on but I really like I like the opening of the episode um I still have no idea what he wants with her couldn't tell you don't know what this memory is that he's trying to get to obviously it's a mystery um but I do like um them going sort of head to head in her mind um and I like watching her mind deteriorate and obviously they're gonna Save her is my assumption, but it's doing a really great job of the visual of her mind failing and Jones being the reason behind that. So, that I will say has been really consistent and I like it. Um, if even if I don't know what else is going on, Heather um,
1: and Nathan have a weird chemistry that they don't seem to have with Max and Maria. Like, I does, get that's what they, I'm saying. Yeah, make it make sense. It's different.
0: I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know why this. He, Nathan's a better person as Jones I don't know what it is I really it doesn't make any sense but they're doing a really good job um that he was he's a lot campier this episode than he has been in any others which I enjoy the dialogue was really bad like really really bad the in the beginning of the episode the I'm gonna what is it longer stronger brighter burn longer stronger and brighter or whatever and i was like oh that's the cringiest thing i've ever heard in my life um but he pulls it off he does it well it was it was a good a good little scene um
2: i don't love him personally i i find him really grating so it's it's i like him as a villain i think he's a very strong villain but i have a lot of issues with him as a character so i can't really get behind him but i do like the idea that maria is probably um i mean personality wise the strongest of that group and so it's it pins almost you know your strongest person against um this villain inside this kind of ring where not, neither of them can get out of right um as far as the memory goes i i'm like it it's got something to do with this transmission the first time that the lockhart machine came through right we assume because it was the same date but it just goes back to kind of one of my one of my issues with Jones at this point is I'm like, what do you want? what are you what do you what are you here for? What do you want? I have no idea what his motivations are beyond obviously he wants to take over Max's body permanently. but again, to what end what are you trying to do there, right?
1: I think that that will like his end game, I have to think is tied in with whatever this memory is of Patricia that he's trying to get from Maria. um I feel like, if we get that in the next episode, like that reveal of what he's exactly, exactly he's looking for. Um, I'm hoping that that will tie into whatever his end game is.
0: I, yes. I don't know. I don't know. I seriously, I don't know if it's, I'm stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm really not. I'm well-educated, but I swear to God, I watched this entire episode and I was like, is Max inside of Jones why are people appealing to trying to appeal to max through jones i thought they were two separate people right my thought oh.
1: is that when he healed Max, Liz was appealing
0: he, liz was appealing to max through jones someone please make that make sense so my understanding especially
1: after that scene with liz and and jones is that whenever he healed max he like transferred his consciousness to max's body max is still in there i don't think it was so much a body swap as it was just like jones taking over i know we kind of assumed it was some kind of body swap and max is in the body and pod but i don't think that that's what's happened anymore i think that max is in there i mean that's at least what they're trying to make it seem like with that scene with liz where she's you know trying to get max
0: to save her i was tenuously holding on and then when she appealed to max i was like no, they're two separate bodies, but I guess, okay, that makes sense.
2: Yeah. Not only that, but she's, she's essentially threatening Jones by saying, I'm not going to help you find a way to stay in that body or like take over Max. Right. Because his big concern and the thing that he kept pushing on her and asking her and try to figure out is, can you get me out of here? Right. Can you split the cells and can you, um, can you basically remove that third strand of DNA that's kind of sticking on? Um, and if she's capable of doing that, then she can effectively remove him, I think is where we're going here. See anything interesting? Hmm. This microscope is too weak to see any significant inconsistencies in your cells. But you did say Joan's cells are like a virus, right, bonded to mine somehow?
1: Yes, but that's at the microgenetic level. Human DNA
2: only has two strands, but aliens have a third. Then you think this third strand has something to do with how the connections work? According to my research, it seems to act like a bonding agent. Can the connection be cut? I don't think Jones wants to sever his connection with Maria.
0: Oh my God. Okay. That made so much more sense than whatever's happening in the episode. Katie now is like this. She's going to be the science interpreter of every episode. Where I'm like, <laughs> good luck. What just happened? Um, Can we just take did...
1: Katie, just an honorary
0: co-host? She's been right, so literally all the time. We'll just make it a foursome. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I did like that. We learned some more information, like the, the DNA fuses through the handprint and all of that. I mean, it's, it's little things that I don't necessarily personally care about. The science is tenuous anyway. Everything's kind of like hand wavy. I just sort of believe whatever they tell me, I don't really look more into it, but it is nice to get little details like that. Yeah. Um, so that when we it get out, it helps that they're temperance. finally ex-
1: explaining this lore that they, they never bothered to explain. And I get that part of it is that the Pod Squad don't—they don't know. So how are we supposed to know? Because we see the story through their eyes. But I'm glad we're finally getting some kind of—even if it doesn't make any sense—like some science jargon, techno babble explanation for how some of this works.
2: But don't you feel very Rosa in those moments, being like, "I was getting high under the bleachers in science class, so like, exactly. uh, you gotta slow it down <laughs> yeah. for me." Beth.
1: I feel I mean, literally twice. I I need this explained to me in like dumb person terms.
0: I nearly failed physics, and the only reason I didn't is that I had a lovely teacher who was like, "You are going to do great things. I can't let you fail because of one class." But if you were to ask me to explain any like physics concept, I would look at you exactly like Rosa looked at Michael. So I did feel that scene deeply. I don't know what's going on. Um, so I don't know. I well, we're gonna I'm gonna we're gonna talk about the end of the episode with Mr. Jones later and sort of build up to that. Um, but for now, I I don't know. Mr. Jones was super creepy this episode. All the stuff with Liz was really weird. I don't know. If they, I guess because we didn't know he was the villain before now, that he really didn't he seemed like a harmless kind of idiot. and now it's getting into like villain territory. I like that build up. I just I like Jones. I know a lot of people don't. I just I love him. He's such an I idiot. like
1: him, and I like that he was he's this episode in particular. he's just so menacing. and like he's like kind of very like even keeled for the most part throughout the episode. Like you can tell that he's evil, but he's also not like, you know, mustache twirling, angry evil. And it makes it, it made like, I love Jones and it made me uncomfortable. Cause he's just, he's a very good
0: villain. And I, sorry, Nathan, if you've ever listened to the episode, which I'm sure you haven't, but um, he looks, he just, he looks creepy. Nathan Mm -hmm. does creepy very well because he looks like a guy that I would cover my drink in front of in a club and I and he and and that translates well as Jones like he does he does I think that's why he's so much more intriguing as that character than when he's max um he bores me to tears when he's max but it's so much better now I think
2: yeah he's an extremely extremely effective villain um it's like there's a few things I think I could do without the fact that we've had three episodes now where he's taunted an abuse victim with her abuser and in right. like pretty gross ways, you know what I, it, and it's, I find that personally a little bit triggering to be honest, but right. um, otherwise, like it just kind of, it does kind of nail home that he's, he's a very bad guy because there are times and we talked about this. I think the last episode I was on a couple, couple weeks ago, um, we talked about how there are moments where you're like, Oh, he killed a a racist dick bag. Like maybe he's not all bad. Right. Um, but then he does stuff like that repeatedly. And then you go, okay, no, he's, he is here for something very bad and you should probably take him seriously. Um, the,
0: the scenes with Jones and Liz Jones slash Max with Liz, um, I do have to say one of the only times I was ever genuinely creeped out on this show is when he says, you know, he basically tells Liz she's going to die and you're kind of believing that he doesn't know what's going on this whole time. And then there's like a pause and he's like in your death. And I was like, okay, I'm genuinely creeped out. Like that actually got me. Um, it's a good, it's a good buildup. Um, they're really hammering home how much of a villain he is. So I have a feeling we're going to find out some really like terrible shit, which I think is probably going to send Michael down some sort of terrible path again. Not that we need that again, but you know, he like, they, just made, made peace with the dictator. Now I'm sure we're going to hear more details and it's going to get even worse.
1: They played that very well <clears throat> at the start of the episode, when we realized that this was, you know, Isabel and Liz's plan to kind of like trick jones i was like oh they're gonna make it so obvious that they don't trust him that they know he's not max and it's just gonna be like how do you not see it you idiot and they played it so much better than i thought they would and that scene in his house where you it finally clicks that he's he knows what they're doing and he's really kind of been playing them the whole time it was much better done than i thought roswell was capable of
2: I thought it was so obvious it, the whole time. I don't know if it was just me, but it was the moment when he walks into the crash and they both just sort of like look back at him and don't say anything. Yeah, like, Guys, you got to be better actors here. Come on. Or when he it wants to leave with Liz, he's trying to take her to a second location. Very creepy. Um, and sh- she just sort of like uh, pauses there and like stares him down and looks really nervous. It was like, Guys, you gotta fake it till you make it. Here, I'm just saying that I thought it was gonna be even more
1: obvious than. Oh yeah, yeah. I,
0: you know, it was that was a good. I, it was a good scene. Like the, the their scenes were really good. I think for a moment, Liz kind of forgot that that's not Max. I mean, obviously, it's got his face. How could you not, you know, forget? For this is all I've ever wanted. The whole point of having a clone is to have, you know, I wanted it to go on for longer where we didn't know Jones was Max and I didn't want it to be as obvious, but I'm clearly not going to get that, which is fine. But this is what I've been waiting for is some really weird scenes where, you know, Jones has his face and all of that. So um I'm a fan. All right. Anything else about Jones before we move on to more Liz and Isabel and all that? um i mean there's really not much to say other than there's a bunch of science with liz and isabel but it doesn't matter because their scenes are so good and i love them together um they they i i think the show wants to focus on liz and maria and they should it's a good friendship but i think liz and isabel have such an awesome dynamic that's been coming through this season more than any other time um I literally stop listening when Liz is on her microphone talking about science. I don't know what's going on, Um, but she looks so cool doing it. So that's awesome. Like she seems like she knows what she's talking about. So that's good. Um, But I will continue to marvel at Isabel's ability or her change from mean girl bitch to like helpful part of group, you know, willing to be vulnerable and, and be friends with people. So just one of the best character developments that continues.
2: I get frustrated sometimes that we lose some of the character development in favor of getting all of this science-y stuff and all the background stuff that we feel like you could have just, you didn't need to do all that. You could have just given me the scene with these two people who, who, or more people who who care about each other a lot. But Liz and, and Isabel is one of those dynamics that I feel like they don't skimp on very much. They get that kind of um friendship and that development and everything and it's it's just nice to see them become friends and and um you know work together and and everything because I think we've talked about in the past like they're both so stubborn and determined and um you know like I just think that if they both have their mind to something like who's gonna get in the way you know
0: Yeah. Like Max is pretty lucky that these are the two women that are on his side. (laughs) Like, They're going to literally defeat anyone and take over the world. It does feel a little bit in which I like, it feels like their friendship might last beyond Max though, or might exist beyond Max. I mean, obviously a lot of their focus is on what's going on, but even Isabel bringing up and saying, Oh, you, you know, still have a thing for my, my idiot, idiot brother. It was clear that they don't actually talk about Max a whole lot in that way. they don't talk, you know, it seems like they focus a lot elsewhere, which I like. I don't want their entire friendship to only be centered around Max. That's pretty boring. So it seems like it's a little bit more than that. Um, I can only hope, I wish that that kind of dynamic would be extended to everyone. Like it feels like they'll focus on one or two and then everyone else falls to the wayside. Like you can do that with everyone. You can do that. In different ways with different characters, so it's we always have a character or two that's left out in the cold. Last season it was Kyle, this season it's Alex, for whatever reason, or different dynamics start to suffer. And I don't know if they just can't figure out a balance. I don't know what it is. Maybe we're, maybe they're going to figure it out. I have no idea.
2: I said on Tumblr the other day I would like just once. Now I want more than once, but I will settle for once to begin with. For literally all of the mains to be in a scene all together these the all of these people who love each other very deeply i don't care what it is i don't care if they're just sitting around the fire at max's or whatever like i just want these people to be in the room together like you know doing whatever like the like they actually like each other because they do
0: and we've never seen that the closest we've gotten is a scene at the crash down with all of them alex wasn't there It's like, we've never actually had a show. And I don't think I've ever watched a show with such a big cast where they never exist in the same room at the same time ever. Like you always have at least one scene or two scenes a season where they're all chilling and it's very bizarre.
1: I'll say they're getting better about it, but I have, we've said this, I think from like back when we did the season one stuff, um, it's hard to buy a lot of these people as friends. And I think they've done a better job this season of establishing that these people actually do genuinely like each other. Um, but there's always, there's always someone left out in the cold and you I get, mean like there's these good scenes and you're like, okay, well, where's this person? You know, like that scene with everybody at the pony. That's like everyone that Alex really cares about and there's no Alex and there's no mention of Alex. <laughs>
0: I know, and we mentioned it. I think the last episode, and I'll just keep mentioning it every week. When Kyle isn't there, he's still the focus of the episode a lot of times. Like a lot of things are about him, whatever. But another characters are gone. Like when Alex is gone, there's no mention of him whatsoever. And so I think it just all comes down to balance. Like you know, we and they haven't really figured it out yet. I do agree that this season is a little bit better in terms of showing different relationships and you know how how they function sort of as a group, but I'm never gonna believe it until you give me more, like you give me them all together at some point. All right, anything else about Liz?
2: Just that she's like an unrelatably beautiful crier. I couldn't stop looking at her. (laughs) I know, it's every time.
0: Like, do you ever look terrible when you cry? No, you just always look like a supermodel. Great, that's awesome. I find myself um, getting distracted by Janine's eyes
1: on a weekly basis. Like she's just so pretty and it
0: makes me almost uncomfortable. She's so pretty. Mine is always the lipstick they put on her. It's so perfect every time that I'm like halfway, like, God, you're gorgeous. And the other half is, I just want to wear that lipstick. Tell me where.
1: Yeah, you're What coming? brand, what brand are you wearing? Like <laughs> Janine, let us know.
0: Um, the only thing I put in the outline about Isabel, because she was a very she was very much a support character this episode, just popping up with really dumbass lines. Um, I would like to direct this question at whoever wrote the fucking line, a ballless bottle of weak sauce that she says to that deputy. What does that mean? What kind of terrible dialogue are we we giving Isabel this entire she she said that and then the obi-wan junkyard or whatever she said i was like this doesn't even this isn't even fun it's just cringy at this point but um i kind of like added to
1: the list with baby gravy
0: like (laughs) we just you don't we don't need it i don't it's not necessary
2: just Um, i like this episode felt a little bit nickelodeon to me or like yeah you know a little Scooby-Doo kind of, you know, but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. The one Which line. Is, you need I it. Loved, yeah. The one line that I loved of Isabelle's was when her and Liz were talking in the crash and she would, she talked about having to get her family away from the body snatcher. And she was talking about Max and Maria. I really liked that she started to see Maria as family. I love that.
0: Oh, I do too. You know, that right. the whole mindscape when they were together, I was kind of wondering what they were going to do with it. And then coming to the realization that Maria just wants a family and all of that, I was like, Oh, please don't let it die. Like, Don't, you know, don't let it be one of those things they never bring up again. And that was a nice way to show that, you know, Isabel had a change of heart as well, or not even a change of heart. Just so I think the whole point for Isabel is that she's so inherently selfish in a lot of ways. And she was the beginning of this, this, the series. Um, I mean, caring for the people around her, but still very self-centered. And so I think coming to that realization with Maria and continuing to think of Maria as family, it just shows that she's not as self-centered as she was before, that she's really done some great change. Um, and I mean, every episode we see a little bit more, a little bit more. Uh, I wish they would do that for other people, but I'll let that, I'll leave that alone. It's fine. All right. All right. We're gonna move on to more of the meat of the episode, um, and by that I mean things that I still don't understand, but they seemed important. Um, Rosa being a just a badass doing something, doing something fancy where she can find alien glass. That's about as far as I got with that whole conversation with Michael. But I like the glimpse that we got into Rosa's like um, a, like addiction sort of therapy and the things that she's in. I don't really understand why it's with priests, but I, then again, I don't really understand like a religious... I don't really understand. I didn't know that that's what they did. <laughs> I don't know anything about I think it's because she's
1: in like... She's like NA or
0: AA or whatever, which are, uh, from my understanding, a lot of them are religious-based. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I thought they were outside of religion. Anyway, doesn't matter. Let's talk about the fine-ass priest. I know that's what we want to talk about. That dude. Let's, that is a Let's man. be real.
2: Let's be real. <laughs> Dallas. Oh, honey. I gasped when he walked I in. Like uh-huh. audibly
0: made noise. Audibly was like, this is the finest man I've ever seen in my he's entire so- life.
2: Well, I don't trust him. Because he's I too- know. Exactly. Cause
0: you I mean, and he was so like understanding and kind like he was a priest. I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. Um, but there's something to, sorry guys, something about the collar was doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I was like. Do I have some like unresolved religious issues here?
1: But look, priests aren't supposed to look like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sure there's hot priests out there. That's unfair.
0: <laughs> it, it was just the empathy right. and the understanding and the getting Rosa to talk. And I was like, this is really doing it for me. So I don't know anything about that actor, but I'm really hoping he's coming back. I don't know.
2: I don't know what his is. I, I don't know what he's here for. I don't know that he added a ton of purpose to the episode. No, I don't think he needed to. He was there. I'm fine. He can just just sit there and listen
1: to Rosa talk. He can just sit there and let her talk and just focus the camera, just slowly zooming in on him the whole time, and I'll be fine. This could be the whole show. Well, and I
0: saw him, and I was like, maybe it's like a love interest thing, but he's a priest, so I don't really know how that would work. I don't, you know, that's about as far as I'm. Pretty sure they can't be in relationships, but it's about all I know about priests so
1: as somebody as somebody who's an Episcopalian (laughs) our priests can and they wear the collar and they can get married and stuff so maybe maybe he's one of those priests we'll
0: just we'll just go with it
2: quite a bit older than her as well like even older than Wyatt so it's like if we have issues with Wyatt like right
0: like that's there's still some issues there and because
2: she he could be a love
0: interest for someone else I don't know for me for me (laughs) for me (laughs) um (laughs) outside of the hot priest that was like weird, weird fantasies were happening. Um, I really, again, love Rosa. still working through issues and talking them through. Um, I Season two was a lot of Rosa relapses and has some of the same issues over and over again, which is very realistic. It was a lot in 13 episodes to see so many times. Um, but I like this sort of consistent um trend we have of her really trying to work on some issues and she's got a lot of them um but help seeing her with michael and and seeing her focus and do you know see how much better she's getting with these things was really really powerful they were really good scenes
2: and the um, confidence that she got from being so successful at that and learning it really quick and everything right like yeah i think she's just coming into her own as a character and she's starting to find her own kind of place in this weird half human half alien kind of um one foot in both worlds dynamic and she's got people all around her just thinking that you know she just needs she's the person who just needs to be protected kind of thing um which can be really hard i think especially for an addict like they need you need to feel a certain amount of um empowerment and ability to make decisions and ability to to grow and learn and everything right um this is the same it's true for everybody but um I think just the look on her face when she got it and turned around to Michael and they had that nice uh little moment and their little karate kid Miyagi dynamic like I was that was maybe my favorite scene in the episode it was just so good
0: it was absolutely I consistently want
2: to
1: hug Rosa I just want to hug her when she gets so, when she like makes these steps forward and like, I just want to like hug her and like high five her and like take her off her ice cream. Like, I'm so proud of her.
0: Well, and Michael, you know, following up on his sort of promise that there's not a whole lot he can do, but he'll do whatever he can to make up for what, you know, they did to her. um, I think, but I don't think he was doing this out of a sense of obligation necessarily. I think it was just a nice moment. He saw that she needed help you know and and they just they worked really well as sort of like an older brother younger sister kind of dynamic and i really he was so encouraging even when he's being a sarcastic asshole um but taking the time to slow down um and explain things to her when she needs it and really you know that was great i don't i don't know i i could watch them every episode Um, let's
2: just take two seconds to acknowledge how sexy science michael is you don't just hear things Your ears are detecting subatomic vibrational frequencies. All matter in the universe emits signature sound wavelengths. Rocks, uh, uh, wind, fire, plants, even people. Wait, is that how I was able to find Maria in her memories? Neuronal activity produces brainwaves oscillating at a high beta frequency. Your noggin picked up on those. That's how you found her. But I wonder, can you detect resting frequency gradients? I used to get high into the bleachers during physics. Can you explain that last part to me? We're looking for a sword made of alien glass first we need to train you on how to find it how are you going to do that let's play hide and seek why is Thank he you. so hot when he's speaking words <laughs> that i don't say yeah
0: he said like vibrations and i was like oh i'm sorry what?
2: competency i'm aware that is a competency kink but it's very i don't think we don't get to see it enough from him and it's very much no. like
1: hell yeah I think sometimes it's forgotten just how smart Michael is. I think people, I think the show forgets sometimes that Michael is smarter than literally everyone else. And because they, they continue to try to portray him as like this dumb alcoholic cowboy that he's absolutely not. He's smarter than everyone put together. He's smarter than Liz. And I think that's forgotten sometimes. So when he gets the chance to like shine and show just how smart he is, it's, it's definitely really sexy.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm absolutely like a whore for scientists, Michael, and I'm fine with that, um, because I, I mean, just like you both said, I mean, they spend a lot of time. I mean, he's got a lot of trauma, a lot of issues, a lot of sarcasm. He does all of that, but there are brief moments where they let him shine through and show that there are aspects of this that he knows well and that he's spent time on decades. I mean, so much time of his life studying what he can. Um, that it is proof that he can dedicate his time to things that are important, even if they sometimes want to write him that he doesn't. Um, and so when they let him shine through for a moment and show that part of Michael, it's amazing. He, there, there are times when they feel like they slide into showing sort of a one-dimensional Michael. And just like they do with other characters, it's not special to just Michael. And so it's episodes like this where you are reminded of just how, you know, complicated and deep and and you know multi-dimensional he is so that's always nice Um, and same with Rosa for a while you know it was starting to sort of feel like the same pattern for Rosa and they weren't really letting her break out of these things where she was a sort of younger sister always confused you know all of this and here she's very she's central to the story you know they couldn't do things without her and so that was you know that's always really nice to see and it can only hope that we see more of it all right do we want to talk okay next up we're going to talk about alex because there's really no good place to talk about alex and the ramos because they're so isolated that it really doesn't make sense with anyone but here's another part of the episode where I have questions and, and Katie and Sarah are going to answer them for me. Cause I don't know what's going on.
2: I will try my best. Um, <laughs>
0: um, so, you know, obviously Alex again, spent another episode with only Ramos. Uh, fine. I think that's the whole point of him being isolated. I want to punch Ramos in the face. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure that actor is delightful. I'm sure that he is. I And I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll put a screenshot up. Or, or put it on the post when we make this episode. He makes this facial expression. I don't know what it is. But it's so <laughs> very punchable. It's so very punchable. And I spent the whole entire episode being like, if you make that face again, I'm going to fucking punch my TV. I can't do it. Stop with this weird sneer. Sneering is not a thing that's real. That's what people write and fix in fix and books. But it's not a real... Stop trying to sneer. Anyway. I don't really know what's going on, why Ramos had to be related to Kyle and why everyone has to be related to everyone. I still haven't figured out. Um, I still don't trust Ramos a bit at all. Not even a little bit. Um, I think it's weird that Kyle, Kyle, Alex transferred his daddy issues to Ramos and was like, you're just like my father. He's the leader of a shady ass paramilitary group who feeds on conspiracy theories why did you think he was going to be different than his father you know what i mean that's where i'm not really understanding where we haven't had enough of them but alex has put a lot of faith in this random man i'm assuming that's is he it's a ruse i don't know what it is yeah i
1: think i think that that's part of alex playing whatever's going on with deep sky like that's my theory because alex is not this dumb at least i hope i hope not I like Ramos. Not dumb. Like- Not dumb.
0: Trusting. Because uh, yeah. that's what we all thought with Jesse. We thought Alex was going to turn it on Jesse last season. And we, we, he was going to play him. But he genuinely believed that Jesse had changed. So I don't think it's dumb so much as we keep seeing Alex be this like very weird, weirdly trusting human. Which is great. He has a lot of childhood trauma. I'm amazed that he's able to be trusting. But surely they wouldn't go so far as to make him trust this random guy. I don't know. Okay,
1: that's fair. Uh, Dumb was the wrong word. Maybe the word I'm looking for is naive, which seems like a a weird choice for Alex, given everything he's been through.
2: But I do appreciate that he's willing to give people a chance. I don't think it's necessarily naivety either. I think he's just optimistic. I think he just the best in people. But... I don't know. OK, let me talk to you about what I think is going on with Ramos and Alex, and maybe we'll see how what you guys think. So I don't think and maybe I'm dumb, but I don't think Ramos is actually the head of Deep Sky. I thought he was just some sort of lieutenant because a few weeks ago I had a thought that was like, oh, do you know what would be great is if Alex's mom runs Deep Sky. I don't think that's going to happen because
1: I be- would like that I forgot oh. we're supposed to see her at some point this season aren't
2: we and we're in episode seven and we haven't seen her maybe she just will pop in right at the end but um anyway I didn't think that he was actually running deep sky and so in my mind it's always been a little bit easier to trust him than like uh jones for like i never trusted jones right so um i've always been a little bit like maybe he just doesn't know some of the other stuff um and then this episode like i i understand being like why does everybody have to be related that's that's stupid um it's (laughs) roswell's not that small of a town um but i do love i'm obsessed with the idea of kyle's dad with like jim and his brother both separately saying, okay, you go infiltrate this organization and I'll go infiltrate this one, and we'll bring them down from the inside, or we'll kind of we'll do what we can to protect these aliens. Maybe they met an alien along the way, or, or you know, like Jim met a lot of them when he was uh working in Caulfield or or at least exposed to it. So I'm I love the idea of them kind of coming together and and saying, What can we do to try to help these people? And so just like Alex, maybe the best thing that we can do for these people is just to get in there and try to throw some roadblocks along the way. Um, I don't think, I mean, I didn't see anything in that scene really that suggested that he had any other motives than, than that. Um, I think giving Alex the kind of key to the same issue that Jones is trying to figure out so that, you know, hopefully Alex and Michael next week are are going to try to figure it out at the same time. They can come to the realization at the same time. Um, that's helpful. I They kind of wedged in that stupid plot from last season to try and make season two make any sense whatsoever, which I didn't love. Oh, Lord. We'll get to that. But I think the <laughs> the thought, that minute where Alex is sitting there and he's terrified of losing his own mind And just the idea that you went into this for a good reason and you're an optimistic person who thought that this person went into this for a good reason as well and you lied to me and I might lose everything because of it. I think that resonated with me more than just him being naive and just trusting everybody kind of thing. See, this is why we need
0: Katie. This is why she comes on this show, because she makes it all sound so good. It makes so much more sense than when I'm watching it going, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Um, I think it's, I lost so much faith in the show in season two. My, I just assume everything's going to be dropped. Does that make sense? Like, it just feels like I I almost like don't want to get invested in details because, I just never know for, you know, like that's bringing up the guy from that fucking cursed episode. Like that, that's not close. Like why, why did we do this? And it, it made no sense then before. It doesn't make any sense now, you know? So I think it's just, it's, it's mostly that. It's that I tend to look, get fuzzy on the details on purpose and i'm fine with that so this is
1: why i, I had thinking. no idea in that scene when they walk up to the to the grave or whatever and they said
0: his name i was like who like <laughs> no clue i don't remember that they he had, had a have, name they had to have an info dump to tell us who he was because if they had just shown the i was like who's this guy with the dumb name why is his no name trevor have- what's happening no no um I do we did have someone on Instagram. No worries, Elena, who's one of our most like engaging followers. So thank you. Um, she said on there that you know, I'm convinced Alex let himself be kidnapped, which I mean, makes sense. I, I'm assuming it feels like we're gonna get sort of a big reveal of because no one knows what Alex is doing. you know, that was the whole point of being of going in a deep sky was to figure things out. Um, So I think a lot of my issues with the storyline with Alex has been that maybe he's doing it too well. And I'm getting confused sometimes about, are you actually believing in deep sky now? Are you trying to find information because you're not sharing it with other people? Which is what I thought the whole point was. But I think it truly is that he's just playing it so well. This was the whole point was for him to get isolated, to get in there, get isolated, find out all the information that he can, it so it, it's just lingering annoying because we know that he's in there to protect specifically Michael but aliens in general um but we haven't heard him talk about it at all or talk to other people about it or you know give any more details about what he's doing which I you know I guess when you're in a cult that's the whole point
2: and it's interesting to know as well that Ramos knows that he's there to protect Michael
0: my father was a paranoid xenophobe he was so what did you pick me to prove him wrong?
2: I picked you because I know you fell in love with an alien. Alex, I have no interest in who you love, only that I assume there's a desire to view life differently because of it. I understand your journey. Undoing your father's devastating work is important to you. I thought I could help you accomplish that. And I thought together, we might be able to make all the suffering worth it. Right? So it's... Yes. Um, Love so it. I get that he was a little bit manipulated into, into it, but if we're going to go from the assumption, and I want to believe that another man of color isn't going to be a villain, I I want him to be genuinely a pretty good guy. And I think if you... I'm sort of of the opinion that he might end up being the one who dies. If the visions can change, Um, then I think that he's going to end up dying to protect maybe Michael or, or Alex or whoever. Um, And so if you go into it, believing that he's, he's um, inherently not a bad guy, then I think it probably makes a little bit sense for Alex, who is this kind of, again optimistic but pretty intuitive person to get a good vibe from him and not be like you know completely blindsided um but also for ramos to be kind of directing him to the things that are actually going to help alex protect protect michael in effect as opposed to assigning him to some project that had nothing to do with aliens right he gave him the one thing that had the most to do with it um so I think if you look at the motivation from that perspective to say that he brought Alex in and he gave him the keys to the to the castle kind of thing, um, then it's easier to see him as a as a good guy.
0: The only thing about this whole storyline, because I don't want him to be evil either. I mean, you know, I also don't want Alex to, you know, put his faith in someone else that disappoints him. Um, but I also am a little sc- Week, you know, it's gonna about um showing what is essentially a very fancy QAnon group (laughs) as anything positive. I don't, you know, this sort of like weird conspiracy theory, shadowy government group that is a very real thing that exists in you know in America right now. I just am weird about where they're going with it, and and I don't want them to sort of have this like heroic view of that, which I don't necessarily think think Ramos will, but.
2: I got the idea that Deep Sky is still really shady because when he was- like Ramos isn't it. Yeah, he was talking about it like someone at Deep Sky is after Max, right? So he was talking about Deep Sky as an organization. Right, that makes sense. And then if you think of him as, again, an infiltrator in order to try and bring it down or to try and slow them down at the very least, then it's easy to justify, you know, the paramilitary organization still being evil, but him still being good.
0: That's fair. Now, Sarah, what were we
1: gonna say? I was just gonna go back to what Katie said about the vision changing and thinking that it's Ramos in the coffin because like as soon as we, you know, got the reveal that he's Jim's brother, um, you know, I think everybody's kind of like, oh, well, he's the Valenti that's that's at the funeral. I I don't know, I still don't know if I buy that because only because of how upset Rosa was at the funeral. Like, why is yeah. she gonna be that
0: upset over a dude that she doesn't even know? that's what part that's that's why we need more of the vision i think i think Mm -hmm. we need it again to see if things have changed because it could have been kyle in the beginning and then or something you know whatever but if the vision can change if things happen or whatever it could you know ramos could die to protect kyle and that changes it i think it's that the key is seeing that vision again because if nothing changes then then it would be weird that it was Ramos because yeah Rosa would be really and why would Max speak what would he have to do with anything you know but I think if we see it and start seeing details change then then that would then his death would make a whole lot more sense so that's what I'm hoping
1: for I still think it's Kyle I like I know that not that I want Kyle to die but I still think it's Kyle
2: I'm getting further away from that the longer that we go on And I think having him in the coma and I just how the one thing about Kyle and Maria both being in a coma at the same time that really highlighted to me was that the two of them are really the moral center of that group. And so if you take one of them Mm -hmm. out of there, it's a big disruptor, I think. So I'm, I'm cooling on that a little bit as time goes on, but The only other thing i can think is i don't know if he dies protecting rosa maybe she's upset but again i would expect more that the vision changes as opposed to rosa continuing to be that upset
1: yeah i think the next time we get the vision if the vision has changed i think that will change my opinion of whether or not it's kyle um but if
0: it's still the same like if Well, because there's not one person and we've talked about this before and it's just, we're we're all so bad at mysteries, but there's not, if the vision stayed the same, there's not one person where everybody's reaction makes sense. Right. That's Mm -hmm. the whole, kind of the whole point, I think. So my, it would be strange if it stayed the same. And that's the whole point of it is you're not, you know, we want buildup and you want foreshadowing, um, but obviously they don't want you to guess. So it it would make, it it all makes sense, but it's frustrating because I want to know. I don't like not, not knowing things. I never know things on the show anymore. But um, I, 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 again, I don't love everyone being related. But for the purposes of this season, it kind of makes sense that Ramos is related to Kyle. It does. This one actually makes sense. I'm not completely always sold on Isabel and Maria. And I wasn't necessarily sold in the beginning when they, you know, that they're related or whatever. This actually does make sense. I get it. Um, all right, so we'll talk about the end of the episode now with Jones and Michael specifically. Um, I am a fan of the whole scene. I thought it was great. Um, and I like that it wasn't a shock that it wasn't a surprise. We knew it was going to happen. and we've known I mean I, you know for a couple episodes it's been on the back of it, on the back of people's minds, right And at the very I think that's improved writing over previous seasons where things don't have to come out of nowhere and they don't have to shock there can be build up and foreshadowing and you can have people asking Ooh, what if you know maybe this is it if people can guess what's happening or what's going to happen i don't think that's a bad thing i think that's a good thing um and so the way that they've dropped clues from the beginning of the season about the dictator and about michael and about you know what they mean to one another i thought it was very well done if extremely hokey but i mean the, the moment we knew that you had to have jones's dna to pick up the damn sword we knew where this was going the whole episode and and i absolutely loved it
1: well and you can have like instead of having that oh my gosh shock moment like it's just as fulfilling to have that moment like like we had or i had anyway when he goes and and he grabs the sword and you're like yes like that's just as fulfilling as this shocking omg moment like yes i was right yes this is what was happening like now it makes sense.
2: That we I, talk a lot yeah. about media subverting expectations and how annoying that is. As you know, you think of big media like Game of Thrones and things like that, where the name of the game is subvert the expectations. But it's just bad writing. It's like you know, if you are successfully writing a story, it's just the completion of this of the story that you've written to date, right? And so the the challenge is doing that in a satisfying way that that still leaves your audience kind of engaged and feeling like there's more left to the story, right? Which I think they successfully did in that scene.
0: It also just feels good as a viewer to be able to get to the point where you can guess things and be right about them, right? Like, mm-hmm. because you know, this is a show where you're kind of meant to be a little bit lost sometimes. Like there's a lot happening all the time. Um, And it it honestly feels good, again, after, for me, after season two, to be able to know what's happening and be like, okay, this all is starting, this makes sense. Things that you, how many times did I say it last season that certain parts of storylines would make sense if you were started dropping hints, episodes and episodes before, right? Give me some of that, like, kind of a lead up, and I will accept almost anything because it didn't come from out of nowhere, and this is a perfect example of, of wh- why that works for me. Um, I also selfishly got the one thing that I wanted, which was just Jones. I don't know, having Michael down and being like, "Show a little respect for your father, son." Like that's that's the kind of shit that I wanted. That's the that was great. <laughs> if you're gonna <laughs> have cheesy, this, but I right, loved it. If you're gonna like, have this so sort of reveal, yeah, you need things like that. Like. That he's truly becoming the villain that we weren't sure that he was going to be, that he is, and he's a very good one. Um, I am thrilled at what um, what Michael's reaction is going to be, because we saw him move past and accept um, that the dictator is his father and that he, you know, can't internalize everything that this man did because you know he can't that's not healthy right he has no control over what's going on but now that he has a face and knows the face of Max and knows and going to find out more details about what the dictator did I am super excited to see if Michael will continue that growth of okay this isn't my fault I don't have anything to do with this or if he's going to have a moment of having guilt again
2: the only thing about that scene that was a little bit hard for me to kind of, um, like take in was how are they going to stop this guy? Like it, they threw everything they had at him. Right. And, and I just don't know where you go from here. I'm sure that Liz will have some kind of science thing that she'll do. I'm sure that Alex and Michael will figure out the memory at the same time and that will have some kind of importance. Um, I'm sure that Max isn't just gone. He will try to fight him internally and Maria will as well. Um, I just don't know. I just don't know how you bring him down if your two strongest fighters can't touch him, you know?
0: Well, and because not only that, I mean, he's clearly extraordinarily powerful to like take over a planet, you know, or whatever it was he was doing on their home planet. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to be that sort of like power of three, you know, sort of all coming together and that's, what's going to defeat him or whatever. But um yeah, I completely agree. I don't really know how, where we're going from here. And that's very exciting. I'm, it all comes down to that dumb memory of what 1969 or whatever Um, that I am for the For the first time wholeheartedly absolutely excited about the next episode. Um, Because I really hope that it's not a letdown and it's something really, really good. Not that I have any idea what it could be any any guesses. I am
1: wondering I saw a post on tumblr and I cannot remember who it was because it was a while back that was talking about the flowers that they used to make the like the necklace and the bracelet and stuff that, you know, those flowers grow in, I think it was Libya. And so I'm wondering if other aliens, presumably refugees from fleeing the dictator, like their descendants, I'm wondering if those could be a factor in bringing down the dictator, if we're going to see more aliens that aren't the pod squad and their parents. Um, Because obviously, you know, like you said, like like, they threw their best at them. And the pod squad did, I mean, well, my, sorry, Michael and Isabel didn't really do anything um, or weren't really effective. And so I'm wondering maybe if that becomes a factor because they've said it several times, including this season about those flowers growing in Libya and that they grow on the grace
2: valians. So it's about a I... transmission, right? So yeah. if the transmission is from another person that he's looking for or another person that he needs or something, you know, I just can't figure out what the connection between those two is. And I think it's because I can't figure out what he's after, what he's trying to do.
0: And I know it's not possible. A part of me is always going to hope that Michael's mom's able to come back. I mean, I know, I know. Um, but I'm always sort of waiting to see if it's going to be, if, if somehow she's going to come back. Um, I'm going to hold on to that hope until I can't anymore if we could do home.
1: supersonic hearing finding pieces of glass then we can have time travel
0: why not or you know like faking deaths i don't know something um i genuinely i give up on guessing what's going to happen or, or you know any episodes i'm always wrong for the most part the only thing i'm ever right about was jones being the dad which everyone was right about so I, I give i have no guesses um our favorite part tell me your favorite part of the episode katie
2: um Michael and Rosa, obvious, like, I just, Rosa continues to outsell every episode, and I love her dynamic with Michael. Um Honorable mention to beautiful Gregory Maines and how much he loves Maria. I wish that you could see that. Duo. Oh, we forgot. It's we forgot one-stop. him. I wish you could develop that a little bit more and spend a little bit more, more time there, but he loves her so much.
0: You know what's so interesting about them? I can't figure out the hesitation of just going forward with them. Because there is nothing in the way of them you know admitting how they feel to one another. And so, you know, there's there's no there's no relationship in the way, there's nothing. So, I have yet to figure out why they're so hesitant around one another and they're sort of dancing around this issue when they clearly love one another and they clearly are into one another and so they, they it's so sweet but just like pull the trigger on it if the only king thing gregory that remains me... ends up dying if he ends up dying
2: <laughs> no, i will so f- mad king lose my mind they're <laughs> so sweet. Like, if you kill gregory mains it is on site
1: The only thing that I can think of that's giving them like, like that's giving them pause for moving forward is on Maria's side, knowing that her brain is degenerating, that she's probably losing, like she's losing her mind. Like she wouldn't want to drag anybody else into that. And I also think that that goes back to part of the reason, even if they, I don't remember if they really said it, of why she ended things with Michael too. Like, I think that she knew that this was her path in this moment and she wouldn't want to bring somebody into it especially somebody as sweet and wonderful as as greg all right i'll accept that that's fine sarah favorite epi- favorite part of the episode <laughs> um so instinct tells me the michael and rosa scenes but once i really started thinking about it i really loved the scenes in maria's mind with jones I that dynamic so good Maria was such a badass and like locking him in the cage and and all of, I loved all of that and I love any opportunity for Maria to show just what a badass character she is and so I, I loved all of that
0: I'm going to agree with Michael and Rosa's being my favorite part as well for every reason that we've already stated um honorable mention for me is just going to be the ending it's just so bad but like in a good way Um, I think anytime we see Michael and Isabel or any part of the pod squad working together with their powers and, and just getting to see that is always, I mean, it's the fun, cheesy sci-fi part of this, this show that I like, um, that for a long time, we weren't really getting, um, and I like this idea that they weren't doing it alone, that they had Rose's help, you know, and that they were, and it sort of all ties together, right? Like that. Rosa is important and she is, it's not just the pod squad against the world. They're going to need help from other people. And you can sort of see where that's going to go. Cause obviously if what they were doing wasn't successful, then they're going to have to reach out. They're going to have to ask for help. Michael might actually have to ask for help from Alex. This is wild, you know, it's everything that we, so I just think this is a good setup for the, la, the second half of the, the season um, and finally having a good villain, the show has needed a good villain. Um, I mean, they had Jesse and of course they got rid of him. Um, but I think that this is Jones has the potential to be th- their best, most long running multidimensional villain that they've had since the beginning of the show. So I'm super excited.
1: Well, and the end of the episode, you know, like, like you said, it was bad, but like in a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. Roswell is not a prestige show. This is not some Emmy award winning HBO. Like just it's a CW show about aliens. Like it doesn't have to be quote unquote great TV to be great TV. Like that was, that was great TV on a CW level. I loved it. it. It doesn't need to be more than that. It doesn't, that doesn't make it lesser entertainment just because it's, cheesy and kind of stupid like I love my cheesy stupid alien show
2: that gratuitous moment of Rosa with the shotgun and yes, I was obsessed with that that was a great 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 way (laughs) to bring her back in
0: it's just everything that you would want about this cheesy show um really sort of condensed into one scene um and I it gives me high 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 hopes about how this season ends and this sort of crescendo and and you know what it's going to look like at the end if this is if this if every almost every episode even ones that i think are a little fillery like this one even this has great moments at the end you know that gives me really high hopes for the rest of the season so
2: it feels so much better than the fillery episodes of last season right right So it makes me i completely understand and like you said earlier amanda and, and i've seen other people say you know season two like I almost stopped watching like I wasn't into it kind of thing I get that and I get the people who don't trust what's going on right now because of that but how even the episode even the episodes that everybody has issues with or the fact I've had issues with the way that Alex has been used all season he's my favorite character but it's been so good overall um so I'm really excited for the rest of the season who would We'd have agree. thought
1: listening to our season two episodes that we would be here halfway through season three going, I can't wait for the next episode. It's so good. Like, I know. Anybody go
0: back to listen, listen to our season two episodes where we were like, well, we're back again. Yes. <laughs> here we are again. Everything <laughs> sucks. I know it's genuinely nice to love a show again and, and, and like, like falling in love with your favorite show again it's great yeah I, I didn't realize how badly I needed that until you know until now and it feels good to have this distraction back so I had a friend that I convinced to watch
1: the show during the hiatus before season three and she kind of like halfway through season two she's just kind of stopped watching and I wasn't gonna push her because I was like yeah season two sucked you know and but then when season three started I remember telling her I was like you have to finish season two now like I understand that it's painful but like if you get through it it's gonna it's gonna make up for it we're gonna be great you just gotta get to season three which is what I'm gonna tell everybody for years when I recommend Roswell long after the show's over I'm gonna be like look I know season two is awful you just gotta power through it's only 13 episodes and then it gets good again I promise
0: (laughs) all right well, thanks for listening, guys. This was awesome. And thank you, Katie, for stepping in. I, As far as I know, next week, the Three <laughs> Musketeers are back together. And it's finally me, Sarah, and Mick. Um, but it has been wonderful having different people step in and give us different um, opinions and different sides of things. Um, so thanks to Katie and thanks to Shauna and Chasing and everybody that stepped in. It's been wonderful. Um, and you guys can find us on all the social media. And I think we're Queer Alien Blast on everything. I'm terrible at social media. So find us on Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram. Tell us what you think about this episode, any future episodes, and we will include it in the um in the recap. All right. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye guys.